optimizing your metabolism involves a multifaceted approach that encompasses your lifestyle, nutrition, exercise, and overall wellness. You can take proactive steps towards supporting your metabolism and just achieving a healthier, more energetic you. Welcome to the Balanced Fit and Free Podcast. I'm Ray Ann Mullins, your guide on this quest to a vivacious life. Join me as we uncover the keys to ditch inflammation, conquer fatigue, and stride confidently towards a harmonious, health-filled existence. This podcast is your compass to a balanced and fit lifestyle. So get ready to elevate your wellness game and embrace the vibrant, high-quality life that you deserve. Enjoy the show. Welcome back to the Balanced Fit and Free podcast season three. I am Ray Ann Mullins, your host, and I'm so excited to be back. I have been missing you guys. I needed to take a little break, which was good. It was perfect timing with the holidays and all that. So here I am. I'm back and I have about 25 new episodes already planned for you. I'm so excited. Now, as many of you know, if you've seen my new website and have been following me on social media, I have really recently been focusing hard on helping people who have Hashimoto's and thyroid conditions. And I've been saying that for a while anyway, but I've really hunkered down and have been doing most of my one-on-one coaching with Hashimoto's and thyroid um, clients. But here's the deal. Everything I share is valid for anyone that just wants to live a healthier life. Okay, the information that I share on this podcast and will continue to share will be absolutely appropriate for you if you have Hashimoto's or if you don't. So I hope that you'll be tuning in every week for a new episode of the Balanced Fit and Free podcast. And I had, I got to tell you guys this, I had intended to um, be launching my newest program, which is called the Hashibas Method. I was going to do that this January, but I've decided to postpone the program until spring. So I apologize if you were looking forward to that, but I'm just not quite ready to get that going. So instead, I am offering a challenge coming up next week. So If you haven't already seen it, I'm going to tell you a little bit more about it. But the really cool thing about this challenge is that it's perfect to start for anyone that has Hashimoto's or anyone that just wants to get focused on doing better, maybe with, you know, physical activity, maybe just losing a few pounds or maybe, you know, just feeling better. So I want to tell you just really quickly about the challenge before we jump into today's topic. The challenge will be a lifestyle habit challenge called Better Every Day, okay? For years, I've had the motto, better, not perfect. I've been saying this as a coach for years. I deeply believe that doing daily actions consistently is way better than following a short-term plan that expects perfection. Imperfect consistency beats perfect inconsistency hands down every single day. This challenge is a 60-day challenge that asks you to just do six daily habits for 60 days. The habits are getting seven to nine hours of sleep a night, 
eating at least three balanced meals a day, the keyword there is balanced, drinking a a minimum of 64 ounces of water a day, walking daily 20 to 60 minutes a day, depending on where you're starting, get five to 10 minutes of sunlight in your eyes every day, preferably in the morning time, and spend five, at least five minutes a day, deep breathing or meditating. And of course, I will help anyone with adding more habits if they desire to do so. There may be other things that you want to start doing that you can add to that list of six daily habits. Okay, so sure, you could, you know, jot those down and just start doing them on your own if you want. And that's totally cool. Do it if you can. But those who join me for the 60 days will be getting weekly group coaching sessions, which by the way, is where the magic happens. That support is accountability. It's a person to bounce ideas off. It's other people in the group to share recipes, share meal plans, share um, music to listen to or other podcasts or things to do while you're walking. It is where the gold really is. Okay. Also, there's a private Facebook group for daily interaction and a ton, ton, ton of support and guidance to keep you motivated and moving forward. If you can't tell, I'm super excited about it and I really hope that you'll join me. If you hurry and join before January 10th, which is like tomorrow, you will get $50 off. Okay. You can join all the way up until January 13th. But if you go now, like right now, like pause this and go join, you'll get $50 off. So is the perfect time is early bird pricing. Go join now. I promise you won't be disappointed. We'll have a ton of fun and I bet you'll be amazed at what you can accomplish in just 60 days. All right. And by the way, I will put the link in the show notes and you can go to my website and look for the 60 day challenge on the menu. Okay, so enough promoting and now let's get started. We have talked about metabolism before, but as you know, it's a hot topic. So we're going to revisit it today. Metabolism is the powerhouse behind how your body converts food into energy. Okay, it's a complex process influenced by a bunch of different factors that we're not going to get into. And understanding how to optimize your metabolism can significantly impact your overall health and well-being. So today we're going to talk about five top tips to support and enhance your metabolism. There are definitely more than five ways, by the way, but these to me are very important and an amazing place to start. Okay, I did an episode um, a while back. It was called, um, I think your metabolism is not broken. So if you want to go back and listen to that one too, it gets a little bit more into detail about metabolism. Okay. But today we're just going to talk about five areas that I think if you start working on now, you can really make an impact and difference with your metabolism. And I know that as we age, we are led to believe by, you know, society, that we have no control over our hormones and metabolism. But I cannot disagree more. We always have a choice. Sure, we may have health conditions that make it more difficult, but there's always a way to jump those hurdles. You can get over the hurdles. So if you are someone who thinks you are just doomed with a slow metabolism, listen up and see if you can make some changes or progress in one or more of these five areas. And I want to say you might already be doing some of these things right, so that's awesome. So in the areas that maybe you're not working on, you could put your focus there first and just keep doing the things you're already doing well. 
All right. The first thing is get your thyroid function tested. Okay. I know I'm a thyroid Hashimoto's coach, and so I'm going to be a little skewed this way, but the thyroid gland plays a crucial role in regulating metabolism. Okay. Thyroid hormones control the body's metabolic rate, affecting how quickly you burn calories. Irregularities in your thyroid function, such as an underactive or hypothyroid, or even a hyperthyroid, which is an overactive thyroid, can disrupt your balance. In fact, did you know that every single cell in your body has a thyroid receptor on it? Every single cell. This means that every part of your living body needs thyroid to function properly. It is no joke. Getting regular checkups and thyroid function tests can help identify any issues early on so that you can do something about it and not have to suffer. The problem is that most general doctors only check TSH. That's the thyroid stimulating hormone. The TSH is actually produced by the pituitary gland in your brain. When the brain thinks there is too low thyroid, it will tell the thyroid to make more thyroid, which is mainly our T4. Okay, then the T4 is ideally turned into T3, which is our most active thyroid hormone. Okay, that's what is kind of like gives us the energy and the boost. TSH is only a very small part of the story. It's really important to get a full thyroid panel done. That means that you want to check your free T4, your free T3, and maybe even your reverse T3. Now, I'm not gonna sit here and go into details about these hormones right now, but please know that just getting your TSH is not enough. This is especially true if you have many symptoms of low thyroid, fatigue, hair loss, weight gain, or weight loss resistance, feeling cold all the time, and so on. If your doctor will not test your full thyroid, I'm sorry to say it, but get a new doctor. There is absolutely no reason for any doctor to deny you a healthcare request. I don't care if it's an endocrinologist. I don't care if it's your favorite gynecologist. I don't care if it's been your family doctor for 40 years. If they will not do what you ask, then you need to find someone who will. The whole job of a doctor is to help you feel better and to get answers to your medical questions. If they aren't willing to do that and would rather tell you that you're wrong, then they are not worth your time or money. Okay, just saying. Sorry to be so blunt about that, but I am working with several people right now that have been denied for years, and meanwhile, their thyroid has gotten worse. It is absolutely wrong, and it makes me very angry. <laughs> Can you tell? <laughs> I get really passionate about that. So I'm so thankful that I have found a physician, um, a healthcare provider, several doctors actually that take me serious and do what I ask. I have seen by a cardiologist, I've seen the eye roll, but I don't care. They still do what I ask. <laughs> I really don't care. Uh, anyway, so my first tip for getting your metabolism in tip top shape is to get your thyroid tested. It is that important. Please take this seriously. Okay. Because let me say one more thing about that. If your thyroid is not functioning properly, you could do all these other things that we're talking about and still not get results. So it is that important. Go get it tested if you haven't, okay? All right, the number two tip I have is correct insulin resistance. Insulin 
is a hormone produced by the pancreas. It regulates blood sugar levels, okay? Insulin resistance occurs when cells in your muscles and in your fat and liver don't respond well to insulin and can't easily absorb glucose or blood sugar from the bloodstream. This leads to higher blood sugar levels, okay, which can affect your metabolism. Incorporating a balanced diet that, you know, obviously we talk about this all the time, is high in, you know, whole foods. We want to reduce refined sugars, eat less processed food, more eat more protein, more healthy fats. Okay, this is super important, but also increasing physical activity. So eating balanced diet full of good nutritious food and increasing your physical activity can help improve insulin sensitivity and support a healthy metabolic function. And so I, again, I don't want to spend a ton of time on this, but I'm really excited to tell you guys that I have recently started wearing a continuous glucose monitor. I'm so excited. I wanted one for like a year and finally they went on sale and you didn't have to have like, you know, diabetes to get one. Anyway, um, since I do have Hashimoto's and one big area to watch out for with Hashimoto's is insulin resistance and type two diabetes, I just decided I wanted to take a closer look at my daily blood glucose levels and how I respond to foods. It has been eye-opening and so awesome. The very cool thing is that I have followed my own balanced method. Okay, the balanced method is my signature program that I've run for years and have been following myself for years, which is why I created the program. Anyway, I've been following that program for years. And since I've been doing that, I have a very good blood glucose response. But I have learned that I tend to run a little low on glucose. My average blood glucose has been around 78 to 79. Now that's not super low or dangerous or anything, but I do see that if I don't eat regular meals, meaning if I go too long without food, I see some drops in my levels, which lead to shakiness and dizziness. So knowing this has been a game changer for me. I mean, and it's only been a couple days since I've had it. I've also found that some foods that I've been eating regularly tend to spike my blood sugar more than I would have thought. So stay tuned to my social media accounts over the next five or six months or so. Um, I will be sharing a lot more about this. And even though we're different people and different bodies and different responses, there's going to be a lot of information that I can share with you that... um, maybe like something for you to consider for yourself, okay? So one of the biggest things you can do for correcting insulin resistance is making sure that you eat a balanced meal. This means including a good amount of protein, some fiber or vegetables, and one portion of carbohydrates, okay? Um, And just FYI, gluten-free pretzels, even when I eat protein with them, tend to increase my blood sugar too fast, but I can eat a gluten-free tortilla with protein and have no problem. So it's just interesting um, how certain foods are better than others, but not totally surprising at the same time. So anyway, just eat balanced meals and don't go too long without eating, okay? Tip number three is reconsider your workouts. Not all workouts are created equal when it comes to boosting metabolism. Now, while cardio exercises like running or cycling burn calories, a lot of calories during the activity, it's actually workouts like strength training and high intensity interval training that have longer lasting effects. 
They help build muscle mass, which is metabolically active tissue, meaning that it burns more calories even at rest. Okay, it's important to have a combination of both cardio and strength training to rev up your metabolism and enhance overall fitness. In fact, I would argue that if you want an improved or more flexible metabolism, it's important to reduce the number of hard or long duration cardio workouts and increase the weightlifting. Okay, and of course, I would be wrong to not mention how important just regular movement is. Getting in your steps daily is critical for a balanced metabolism. Okay, so I know that there's a lot of people out there that, you know, feel proud about doing a hard workout every day and and absolutely good for you. Like, I'm so happy for anyone that actually makes exercise a part of their life. Where I think a lot of people, you know, go wrong is that they think by doing one, you know, 45 minutes, one hour workout a day is enough movement for their day. So they end up sitting a lot of the rest of the day. And actually research is showing that people who are moving more throughout the day with just regular movement, standing more, fidgeting, pacing, taking the stairs, actually have a better metabolic rate than those who have one hard workout a day. So even if you're somebody who is really good at getting your workouts in, make sure that you're still like standing more, you know, instead of emailing everybody in your office, get up and go talk to them. Um, Take a quick, you know, break after lunch and go for a walk, that kind of thing. I promise it's going to be better off in the long term. Now for my birthday, my husband got me a walking pad for under my desk and it's totally great except that I get distracted and I've been known to fall off occasionally, like five times. So I have to be really, really careful. And if you get one of those, make sure that you're only watching videos or doing something easy like reading. Every time I pick up a pen to write down a note, um, I literally walk off the edge of my little treadmill. So just throwing that out there. All right, let's move on. Now, tip number four is don't drink your calories. And this includes alcohol. Oh, this is a tough one. This is a tough one. Now, beverages, we know a lot of beverages, that is, are high in sugar, like sodas and fruit juices. And they can contribute to having excessive calories, right? Without providing the satiety or, you know, satisfaction of solid foods. Now, even seemingly harmless drinks can pack a calorie punch. Alcohol in particular not only adds empty calories, but also disrupts your metabolism. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that specifically. So it's really important to opt for hydrating choices like water or herbal teas and keep calories in check and support, you know, that support your metabolic processes. So this one, this tip right here has gotten harder for me over the years. Back in the day, which has been almost approaching 20 years, when I lost 65 pounds, I wouldn't have been caught drinking a calorie. No way. That was one of the things I was really serious about. Um, I really, I really did not drink calories, but then I started getting hooked on drinking coffee with creamer. And I did that occasionally during my weight loss phase, but it was after I lost the weight that I started incorporating coffee creamers more. And, you know, good news is that, um, you know, I've done that for years and have had no problem. However, (laughs) confession time, in the last couple of years, I have learned that I really love oat milk lattes and almond milk lattes. Mm. Um, And I really love wine. I mean, I've always 
kind of liked wine, but I mean, now I like love it. Like I love the taste. It's not about the buzz. It's about, I love the taste. It used to be that I liked a little bit of a buzz and the relaxation factor, but now it's just, I actually enjoy tasting different wines and actually like savoring them. So I know though, for a fact that these are impacting my belly fat more than I would like to admit. Now, when I go back over my habits from when I was losing weight to now, really the only thing that is different that I've changed in a negative way is my beverage caloric intake. Okay, I'm going to try really hard this year to focus on bringing that back down, bringing that back into my world of, you know, drinking less calories. Okay, so very quickly, I think we need to talk about alcohol. And I do have a whole other podcast from season two all about alcohol. So if you want to go back and listen to that, you can. But I'm just going to give you a quick reason, a couple of reasons why, you know, maybe you want to cut back on alcohol. So alcohol can significantly impact metabolism in several ways. When you consume alcohol, your body prioritizes metabolizing the alcohol over other nutrients. Okay, and this is how it affects your metabolism. Number one, liver function. The liver is primarily responsible for metabolizing alcohol. It produces enzymes that break down alcohol, which puts a ton of stress on the liver, especially with excessive or chronic alcohol consumption, okay, potentially leading to liver damage and interference with other, you know, metabolic processes. Now, the second thing is energy balance. Alcohol is high in calories, no matter how you look at it. Okay, it doesn't matter if you're drinking a 99 calorie beer or a shot of Tito's. At the end of the day, it really is high in calories. Consuming alcohol adds just extra calories to your diet without providing any essential nutrients. This excess energy can contribute to weight gain if not offset by reduced calorie intake from other sources, okay, or more physical activity. Okay, the third way it impacts us is the impact on nutrient absorption. So alcohol can interfere with the absorption of certain nutrients, including vitamins and minerals like B vitamins, vitamin D, magnesium, and zinc. Okay, this interference can affect various metabolic processes, including energy production, nerve function, and bone health. Now, if you've ever been to the doctor and had your levels checked, probably they told you you need more vitamin D, magnesium, and B vitamin, and probably zinc. So if you're also, if you've already heard that once and you continue to drink alcohol, those are being depleted even more so. Okay. And those are very important for energy and um, for feeling good. All right. The fourth effect is effect on blood sugar levels. Alcohol can affect your blood sugar levels, causing fluctuations in your glucose. Initially, alcohol can lead to a rise in blood sugar levels, but in the long run, it may disrupt insulin production and how the body responds to insulin. Okay. We don't want to be insulin resistant. And this, because this can lead to developing diabetes, or if you have any other um, immune disorders, it can make those conditions worse. All right. And then drinking alcohol also slows fat metabolism. Okay. It's alcohol metabolism takes priority over the breakdown of fats and carbohydrates. So as a result, consuming alcohol can slow down the body's ability to metabolize and burn fat. What? Right. You're doing these workouts. You're eating healthy. So drinking alcohol is stopping the benefits of a lot of that. Okay. 
I mean, if you're trying to lose fat, there's still really good reasons to do all those other things. But if you're drinking alcohol and being frustrated that you're not losing weight or your body shape's not changing, take out alcohol. alcohol. I promise it will help you. Now, it's not going to be overnight. You're going to have to get your body back into balance from drinking alcohol, but it's going to help you. It's kind of like saying, you know, like you're filling up a bucket with a hole in the bottom. You know, it's like, why isn't this bucket filling up? Well, because you have a hole in the bottom. Alcohol could be that hole for you. All right. I know it's for me. I'm I'm 99.9% sure that that is why my abdominals do not look the way I'd like them to look. Okay. And then really quick, I just want to say, then it's priorities. You know, is it more important to you to drink alcohol and enjoy wine or whatever you like? Or do you want less fat around your mental? I mean, it just, you know, it's up to you. It doesn't, I mean, whatever you want is most important. But for me, uh, for the last two years, wine was more important. But now I'm kind of coming back around to wanting my my uh, middle to look a little better. All right. And then finally, well, not finally, I'm going to skip that. The dehydration obviously is really an issue with alcohol. Um, but finally, increased inflammation. So for anyone with chronic inflammation, and by the way, that's you if you have a thyroid condition or Hashimoto's, it's not a good idea to drink alcohol because it can increase inflammation. So here's the deal. I am a big believer that it's actually better to drink a few drinks one night a week versus only having one drink a day. Now, I know that a lot of people say, well, I only drink like one glass of wine a day. It's moderation. It's moderation. But here's the, here's the deal. Every time you drink alcohol, you're increasing your risk of inflammation. So to me, it's better to only have alcohol on occasion and just really enjoy it versus having it every day. Because every day, that's a hit every day towards your inflammation versus if you have like a set, you know, crazy Saturday night and you have maybe three glasses of wine, then even though that's not good for you, in the long run, that may actually be better for you than having a drink every single day. Now, your cardiologist might disagree with me. So, you know, take it or leave the information there. <laughs> take what you want out of that. All right. My fifth tip is, get guess what it is. It's get enough sleep. Yeah. Quality sleep is crucial for a well-functioning metabolism. So here's why. Sleep plays a crucial role in regulating hormones that have control in appetite and metabolism. So two key hormones affected by sleep are leptin and ghrelin. And if you've ever taken my balance method, a lot of what we talk about is balancing leptin, ghrelin, and insulin. So leptin is produced by fat cells. Leptin helps regulate energy balance by inhibiting hunger. Okay. So what that means is it'll tell you when to stop eating. Lack of sleep lowers our leptin levels, leading to an increased appetite and a decreased feeling of fullness after eating. So if you're not getting sleep or you have like a week of really poor sleep, have you ever noticed how you might crave sugar or you might feel more hungry? It's because of leptin. And then ghrelin, this hormone stimulates hunger and appetite. Sleep deprivation increases ghrelin production intensifying the feelings of hunger and promoting overeating. Yeah, major, right? The next thing is insulin sensitivity. Quality sleep influences insulin sensitivity. Remember we were talking about um, insulin, how it helps take your blood sugar or the blood glucose to your cells? Well, inadequate 
inadequate sleep, so not enough sleep, disrupts the body's ability to regulate blood sugar levels, leading to decreased insulin sensitivity and an increased risk of developing insulin resistance, which is what we do not want, because this can ultimately contribute to weight gain and metabolic issues such as diabetes. Okay. Also, your metabolic rate. Sleep deprivation can alter the body's energy expenditure. So research suggests that insufficient sleep can reduce the resting metabolic rate, which is the number of calories the body burns at rest. This change can contribute, again, to weight gain over time. And finally, stress response. Lack of sleep can elevate stress hormones like cortisol. Elevated cortisol levels can promote fat storage, especially in the abdominal region, and contribute to metabolic dysfunction. Okay, so so that is my five tips. All right, the first one is get your thyroid function tested. I am not joking. I cannot stress enough how important that is. The second one is correct insulin resistance. And even if you don't have insulin resistance, you can stop yourself from getting insulin resistance by following a balanced diet and getting activity. The third tip is reconsider your workouts, okay? Doing a ton, ton, ton of cardio and no weights is not improving your metabolism, okay? So instead, we want to do more weight resistance type workouts. I promise it will really help. Um, tip number four is don't drink your calories, including alcohol. So just really monitor the amount of caloric beverages and alcohol that you drink. And then um, finally, five was get enough sleep. And enough sleep is considered to be between seven and nine hours. And, and I have to say this, if you're somebody that's like, oh no, I do great on four to five hours. I don't believe you. And maybe you don't even know, because if you've been for years sleeping on four to five hours, what would happen to you if you got seven? What if you got, you know what I'm saying? Seven or eight hours of sleep. Maybe you would be even better. Just saying. All right. So in conclusion, optimizing your metabolism involves a multifaceted approach that encompasses your lifestyle, nutrition, exercise, and overall wellness. By implementing these five tips that we went over today, you can take proactive steps toward supporting your metabolism and just achieving a healthier, more energetic you. And just remember, these tips serve as just general guidance, okay? If you have a question about your own situation, you can consult your healthcare professional or a certified nutritionist or me, just saying, and we can kind of look at your personalized situation and figure out, you know, what needs to change there. So thanks for being here. Remember, if you need help with any of these tips, a good idea would be to join my Better Everyday Challenge. If you, you know, hear this after the challenge starts, then definitely contact me. We could set up maybe a consultation to see if I have a one-on-one -on -one plan that would work better for you. Um, or, you know, we can see like what you need help with and see how I can help you. And if I can't help you, I'm always willing to refer on to other professionals or other colleagues of mine that maybe would be a better fit. So please consider working with me in 2024. Uh, we can have a great time together and really improve your metabolism and get you on the right track. So if you're excited to have the podcast back, please, please do me a big favor and either rate and review the podcast on Apple or Spotify or 
this would be awesome if you would take it one step further and take a screenshot of the podcast on your phone and post it to your Facebook or Instagram story or just profile. That would be awesome. And you could tell your friends about it. I would love, love, love help spreading the news that this is a practical and helpful, very honest and realistic podcast. So if you can help me with that, I would be forever grateful. So you guys, thank you so, so much for coming back and listening to season three. We got some good stuff coming your way. And, you know, thanks again for your loyalty and your help. And I will see you next week. Thanks for tuning in to the Balanced Fit and Free podcast today. Remember, while we've explored incredible tips and insights, none of this is to replace personalized medical advice. Always chat with your trusted physician or healthcare professional before making changes based on what you've heard today. Stay inspired, stay curious, and keep striving for that balanced fit and free lifestyle. Until next time, take care and keep thriving.